0: Hello and welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast, where we explore how God is working in the everyday lives of people in the FPC community. I'm Josh Gillespie, the Minister of City Engagement and Modern Worship at First Press. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been following us for a while, thank you for checking out this podcast and taking the time to hear the stories of the unique people connected to the FPC community. In today's episode, Dan Kimball has a conversation with Pat and Allison Alexander, who share about Pat's health diagnosis that led to a recent lung transplant and the lessons learned along the way. Pat and Allison are honest about the ups and downs of this health journey, and we hope you enjoy getting to know them better.
1: I'm
0: a traveling man. Well,
1: good morning and welcome to our FPC Conversations podcast. My name is Dan Kimball and I'm super glad that you tuned in and want to check out this, this awesome podcast. We've had an opportunity over the weeks to, to talk with and hear stories from our FPC family. And today I'm really excited about introducing Pat and Allison Alexanders, um, some people that many of you are familiar with, some might not be, but uh, today we have a chance to listen to their story. So welcome Pat and Allison. Good morning thanks for having us so just to kind of start things off just uh maybe tell us a little about uh, about you guys and maybe your connection to first press how long you've come to first press your connection to fresno um yeah let us uh, let us hear your story a little bit
2: well pat and i uh 25 years ago were church shopping and we visited quite a few churches in fresno we had um two small children at the time and i was pregnant with our third and we came here and just from the moment we Attended our first service, we realized this was our, going to be our church, and we've been coming here for the, the last twenty-five years.
1: Yeah. Any anything on that path? That yeah, what just what a great what a great home, what a great church
3: family we have here. We're uh, we've just been comfortable, like Allison said, from day one. It's just a fine bunch of folks.
1: And you've seen, some, you know, you've seen the church go through a number of uh-huh. different. Uh, phases and transitions and new pastors, and, and, and yet we have a lot of people who have just stayed very faithful and, yeah. and felt like God has continued to work, yeah.
2: Absolutely.
3: Yeah, church is family. You you, you don't fire your family. <laughs> you, you just get along.
1: <laughs> you just work it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kids. They've got we have some kids in there? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, we have uh, three adult sons, um, 30, 27, and 25. Uh, They all um, left town to go to universities and um, then returned home, to our delight. Not to our home. They live in their own (laughs) homes. And uh, it's just wonderful, especially with everything that we've been through, um, to have that support. Uh, Our oldest son is getting married this fall, we're very excited. And,
1: uh, And I learned just recently that one of your sons is a musician and plays, uh, plays in a, a band or two here mm-hmm. in town. And
2: yeah, he does. He's a, a, a By trade, he's a software engineer, but okay. has, he, he's a actually a self-taught guitarist yeah. and has done yeah. quite well.
1: Yeah, and we uh, you might know, but we have several folks here in our congregation or in the community that play in number of bands and know your son, so mm-hmm. that's a really fun story. And
2: yeah, we just saw him uh, play actually for the fir- with this band for the first time on St. Patrick's Day. Um, we we don't tend to stay out very late, so much to everyone's surprise, we showed up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Many times, friends of mine that are in bands, I'm like,
2: "What time you guys go on?" Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I might not be there. <laughs> so, well, part of the reason why um, you know we we wanted to share your story is that uh, Pat, you particularly um, have had a pretty challenging year, um, and you guys have agreed to share a little bit of that story. So. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit, Pat. Maybe just your health journey, and maybe maybe what's gone on and where you're at. Yeah,
3: I I, I found myself uh, not not feeling so great once or twice in a few episodes, and then maybe uh, this is probably going back three years, and and very suddenly I had a sharp decline in my ability to to breathe and have any kind of stamina. I developed a pretty heavy cough and thought, mm, I better go, you know, I, I ignored it for some time and uh, went to my intern as to, how can we shorten this? Uh, it, it essentially, it was going towards heart issues, which if you look at me from the outside, you go, yeah, that guy's got heart issues. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, took some x-rays and said, no, nope, it's not your heart. You've you've got some pulmonary issues. Mm. Sent me off. And said you need to find a, a pulmonologist here locally, and uh, that was the beginning of of hallmarks throughout this journey where God made Himself apparent. <laughs> hey. Because our neighbor right across the street, who we did not know, she lives two houses up, and mm-hmm. I actually knew her stepfather and we had we had connections. I didn't know this woman at all. She's a UCSF pulmonologist. Oh, boy. Hmm. So I received a referral to go see her. And from that point on, she sort of started getting things lined up. Hmm.
2: Um, and in if, context, this was in April of 2021. Okay. So just not even a year ago.
3: And... Uh, if so,
2: you,
1: so just to go back I'm you, sorry. Uh, from the original, you said you were having some heart issues, and then so this was just this disorder. is
3: strictly lung, okay, yeah, just strictly okay. lung problems, okay. okay. And and they said you have uh, you have an incurable lung disease, mm. and you're not going to get, you know, you we're we're going to take steps. And um, when when you look at that. Um, you know, I've had a, a, a long walk with Jesus mm. and I found myself strangely calm in facing all this. And I I almost to the point when I would talk about it with friends and family and people would say, well, you know, you're not taking this seriously, you're just giving up. Mm. And um, I think some people could identify, guys I've been mean, with Bible study and so forth, would say. I'd say, no, I recognize what's going on there. You're not afraid to die. You have an eternal security that that you have talked about and walked in for a long time. And I I said, yeah, that's it exactly. Mm. And uh, when you discuss transplant, um, you know, the the talk is, oh, you know, my impression was, oh, you can live a year and a half to five years.
1: And that was talked about early on from from diagnosis. Yeah, they
3: or... sort of jumped to that when they realized they were not in the in the first month or so. It was not slowing down, and was I was just really taking a nosedive. Mm. And um, so, as you start discussing transplant, slowly I I sort of eased into saying, okay, you've been reading the wrong numbers.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, it might be more like ten years if you get a transplant. Mm. So I sort of switched over to say, you know, I'll look down that, down that path.
1: And Allison, for you, what was some of the early reaction for you? What kind of, what was that process a little bit when you you first heard that news?
2: I I wouldn't say I was quite initially quite as calm as Pat was. Mm -hmm. It was obviously very worrisome for me. Um, He um, was so faithful and, and so, and afraid of everything as it as it developed, that that really, really helped me quite a bit. It it, it really did. Um, we had so so many prayer warriors, so many people gather around us, people from this church that, that we weren't surprised that they gathered around us. But then some that, that did come as a surprise, mm-hmm. you know, acquaintances, new friends. Um, just so much love and support that it's, it, we really kind of got carried through the process. I mean, Pat's not not exaggerating when he says he, he moved into basically a mode of free fall. And, and <sighs> at a certain point in time, so a year ago, uh, March 21st, when uh, he got rushed to oh. the hospital, initially the, our, our UCSF doctor, Calvin Balillo sent him to to the downtown community. Mm -hmm. And he stayed there and she absolutely rallied for him to be moved up to UCSF up there where they could better treat him. And during during that time, it was very strange because COVID restrictions still applied. I could barely see him in the hospital, if at all. Um, We mainly talked on the phone a lot. But um, it was, I was constantly in prayer, Mm. literally. It felt like all day, frequently all night. Mm.
3: It is not my normal nature to be that calm, mm. so that's that's, really that's how we knew something mm. supernatural was mm. going on there. Um, and it it was great to be able to to have that attitude in front of folks who were not believers,
1: mm.
3: and in front of people who who didn't possess a kind of faith, because it gave us something to talk about, mm. you know. Gives an entree into conversations I wouldn't normally be able to have with
1: yeah with some people. Sometimes in health crises, it seems like people will rush to faith, and it feels like the story you guys tell a little bit is your faith is, you know, you have a strong faith. But maybe talk about just kind of where conversations about your your walk and where God showed up for you guys, whether it was situations we, that you didn't expect, maybe. Well, it's it,
3: you know, like they say, your faith until it's really tested, um, you 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 not, you know, you can't be sure of the depth of it. Or I, I I feel that way, and it was what a what a confirmation, what a God really uh, showed Himself strong in so many ways. I mean, we we almost could go down a a little calendar of little events. Of doors that he opened, that were uh, that were just uh, surprising and, and um
2: there were so many signs. Well, he... and Pat and I are very aware of them when we see them, and there were so many, so many, as Pat says, steps along the way that that felt like, Pat's I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. Stay with me. I'm here with you.
1: Mm. Your kids, where where were they with? with this and did that what what was it the family they were acting like, like young men okay <laughs> okay
3: <laughs> i don't know if they really quite knew what to think mm. <clears throat> mm. they were witness to our own kids mm. you
1: know yeah
3: because you know they live with you and so forth and oh mom and dad you know, is this is this real in your life, or or uh, you know, are you guys going to cave in though?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, isn't God supposed to make everything perfect mm-hmm. for you? Isn't He supposed to make give you just smooth sailing and a smooth path? And uh, they saw us walk through this together. Mm. What a great marriage builder! I mean, it's no it might not be the marriage builder that you want, but yeah. it's something how, that really. How long have you guys been married? We just hit thirty-one years. Oh, wow, that's great. <laughs> mm. In fact, it, just by coincidence, they took me off in the ambulance to the hospital for the fin- for the last time I was home on our thirtieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. So, wow. that way, happy uh, anniversary! Yeah.
1: You, know? yeah. <laughs> you get
3: to go in an ambulance.
2: <clears throat> so we got to celebrate this year, yeah. which was nice.
1: Yeah. yeah nice. So, so maybe walk us a little bit more about the. Uh, you were rushed to UCSF at that point. Was it when they said? Transplant, is that is that when that started coming up? Well, was I was I had that?
3: begun the process of evaluation, which is lengthy. Hmm. A lot of tests, you know, hmm. demonstrating that you're not too sick to for it to be beneficial and you're not too well, that you don't need it yet. And uh, started that this, process this, in
2: January. Yeah. yeah, about 20. Of 2022. 20, 22. 22. So and at that time, minutes. the doctor had told, up in San Francisco, had basically told Pat, he said i need you to do all of these tests and we have about we have about an 8 week window to have this happen um, one of the big concerns early on with pat's health his or family health history is that if they they were concerned that it's possible he could have had some blockages mm-hmm. and while that wouldn't have been a deal breaker for transplant it would have involved him having some stents and the doctor basically looked at us and only later did i realize what he was saying but he basically mm-hmm. said you don't have time you don't have time for that. Mm. So we're gonna run all these tests. There's a chance you can qualify for this and we're gonna do everything we can to get you into that. But there are, no, there are no guarantees here. And believe me, they looked for other things to be wrong with them. Mm.
1: <laughs> for those of us that don't really understand that process, like what you hear is like, oh, transplant, that usually includes being put on a list of right. some kind.
2: Right, most people stay what, on, what is, Yeah. okay, there are about 18 points that they evaluate on. and and it's really interesting, including being interviewed by social workers, they need to make sure you have family support, they need to, need to make sure that, that you, you're, you're, the odds are you're going to get through this, and um, early on, um, um, most people we found out are on uh, transplant lists for years before mm-hmm. they get that phone call, you can come up now, and even then they usually have a couple of people in the wings in case a, a, a match is not achieved for you, they'll, they'll go to the second or the third person who's ready. Um, In Pat's case, when he was rushed up to um, UCSF up there, he still had a couple of tests that had to be performed. They did those very quickly. They realized that he was eligible to be on the list, and he was offered his first set of lungs two days later, Mm. which is unheard of. Mm. And he was in such a free fall that he got zoomed to the top of the list. Thank God he is type O blood, which I think helped the situation also. And the, that very first night, I'll never forget getting the phone call from him, and he said they're gonna they're gonna you know roll me into surgery. And I was in San Francisco at the time, and I got a call a couple of hours later from him, and he said my my fever spi- or I got a fever all of a sudden, and they can't perform this operation. Mm-hmm. And so apparently those lungs were not the lungs that he was supposed to get oh, because he was offered yeah. an operation, the yeah. next operation, um, four days later.
1: Would you call that one of those doors and windows that you were referring to earlier? Well, what
3: what that led to was a, a, a different. I don't know, platform is it is an exaggeration, mm. but that's what pushed me into be the thousandth transplant, mm. which gave me more access to talk to more people mm. because people were interested. Oh, you're the thousand guy. Mm. Which gave you a little chance to have some conversations that's, I probably wouldn't have been able to have. Interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was uh, it was fun.
1: So you're taking this situation and in a sense using it as a as a tool to share your faith a little bit. Yeah,
3: it it, it and I, I I mean that's the way that's the way yeah. I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, or I still feel that way. I uh,
2: with people, nurses, doctors, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It there's an interesting thing there with you know comments from from folks who are who are believers they're going to say, you know, oh this is a miracle. And I I'm a broken record a lot of folks at this church have heard me say this before but I'll I'll say it again just it if if you're one of those doctors and you're not a believer, this is not a miracle. We do these all the time. Mm-hmm you know so to them it's it's overuse of the word miracle and I, and i would say i would agree that you know god suspends you know normal things and, and and intervenes and this was instead it was much more subtle it was what i would put in that category of providence mm-hmm. where god has all these little like we said markers lined up that all just made for a certain uh, Sequence of events that we could we could share with people, um, which I think is even e- even more spectacular. Mm. Does that yeah. does that make sense? Yeah,
1: very much. Yeah, <clears throat> and the word miracle can also mean so much. It can also for someone might say, well, <clears throat> great for Pat and Allison, but my situation didn't come out like that. Yeah. So that you know, so there's that that piece, but. Um, so, Allison, I'm I'm intrigued because often in a, in a health crisis, um, there's a lot of focus on the patient. <laughs> uh, and for you, where 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 was your encouragement found? And you mentioned you had a lot of prayer warriors, but you know maybe whether it be the FPC community or the community at large. For you, where did you find encouragement? And then where was times that was really kind of not so easy?
2: I wouldn't say it was easy, but I received a tremendous amount of support from people in the First Press family, people in our neighborhood. I'm I'm not originally from Fresno. I I moved here when Pat and I got married um, 31 years ago, or actually slightly before that. And I have, through the years, really been blessed with some amazing friendships. I have a lot of great women friends who, and we just, we support each other. You know, you need something, you make a phone call, you get, you get rallied around by, by, you know, your people. And um, they were wonderful, really. When I was here, when I was in San Francisco, we had people come and visit, we had phone calls, we had, people were always offering us food. Pat and I were trying to lose weight, so we didn't always take them up on that. <laughs> food
1: seems to always show up. It, it does. <laughs> yeah. But
2: just really, um, people were very present. Mm.
1: Was, we got choked up a lot.
3: Yeah. yeah. We st- I, I get still choked get up choked up I can see. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: And. Today, where, well, where where are things today?
3: Well, we're this is a this is a, a, a battle that's not going to go
1: away. So before I talk about that, the transplant took place when?
2: It was um, April thirteenth of twenty twenty two. Okay. Pat has to go up every month for all kinds of tests. Yeah,
3: it's monitoring, and I, and I'm going through a rejection, um, which is not uncommon. Um, and how severe that gets, you know, whether it's reversible or whether they can arrest it or any of those things—that's an ongoing battle. But it's just one thing we we just keep addressing, and you know, we go back to—I'm a broken record again, man. You know, God's sovereign over all things, and He's good. So whichever direction this takes us, you know, we're we're in the best place we could be.
2: With with um, lung transplants, you're really you're never out of the woods. It's not like some other other transplants yeah. where if, you know if you can get to five years or ten years or whatever chances are, you're going to be able to to uh, survive a much longer period of time. Lungs are, are very delicate. It's the only organ in your body that there really is no filter with the the, um, the elements that come in from the out the outside. And, and Pat has been suffering a little bit from acid <coughs> reflux, which is which has been worrisome for them. But mm. but they're addressing it. And he takes—I counted them yesterday. He takes about 38 pills a day, at various intervals, and um, that's just going to be—that's just part of our life. Yeah, it's
1: a new kind of this new normal. It for, is. Yeah. The, it
2: is. It is the new normal. And uh, I have to say, up until th- this procedure, um, I wouldn't call Pat a, a very good patient, but he's—he's <laughs> he's been doing everything that they've told him to do. He's—he's yeah. he's really been great.
3: I have the best caretaker in the world, though. She really. Yeah. She's keeping me
1: going. Pat, what, are, what have been some of your conversations with God been like?
3: I've never uh, prayed so much. Well, the whole time when I was in the hospital and released from the hospital, I had terrible insomnia. I would go. I didn't know if I was even sleeping an hour or two a day. And so I took that as an opportunity to pray and uh you know like a lot of folks i you know pray and your mind wanders and so forth and i found that i could lay there in the dark and i could have a conversation with god for long long periods of time Mm -hmm. and uh that's less less so now but uh you know, God God has just shown himself so obviously in so many ways who he is and and uh, just confirmed all these things, you know, you, that uh, we know about the nature of God. But, you know, you walk through it and he, he's saying, hey, this is really who
1: I am, you know. And Allison, <laughs> what words of encouragement do you think you could offer someone that— Maybe it was also going through a a crisis we'd be at health crisis or or a crisis, and
2: I think um just continue to be faithful and continue to trust God
1: mm. So good words that one of the things I appreciate is is while this is a podcast and we can't see your face, I don't know you well, but when I see you, you always have even when things were maybe not looking so good, and I did see you, you always had just this very bright smile and you light up your your smile lights up (laughs) that's funny so um you know i i appreciate that so
3: (laughs) that was my mission when i was in the hospital (laughs) was all those those poor nurses and doctors and and technicians i i i even said to allison i said okay you have to be Jesus in the hospital room because these poor people are getting beat up up and down by patients and, yeah. and long hours and so forth. And I really tried to, even when I didn't feel like, I really tried to put on some sort of a way to to brighten their day or something, you know. And again, that, those are conversation openers with yeah.
2: lots of. Folks. He's not exaggerating. He, he entertained everyone. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when the day came, so he he was released from the hospital in, on uh, at the at the end of April and then we had to stay in San Francisco until the, the middle of June to be close by the hospital but when, I'll never forget when I picked him up at UCSF to take him back to uh, the place in san Francisco um, they, he had nurses that that had been assigned to him days weeks before they came back to see him before he left that's awesome yeah
1: hmm. well thank you for sharing before we wrap up, I want to close. We like to do this from time to time. I'm going to offer a a couple words and I'd like for you to react to that word. So when you hear the word hope, what comes to your mind?
3: Surety.
2: (laughs) Faith.
1: And the word joy? Uh, Inexplicable.
2: love
1: well you know that FBC community is is certainly committed to lifting you guys up in prayer and I appreciate you guys being willing to share your story on this podcast and hopefully it will offer the the purpose of the podcast is is what God's doing in the the lives of our everyday people and, and by doing this it's also a way to encourage those out there that might be struggling in their own faith or maybe something they hear through this podcast, will offer encouragement. So, thank you for sharing your story.
3: That, I I hope people would reach out if if you know when you're in despair, you need someone to talk to. Or uh, we are we want to we want to get back and be part of a support system in that way. Great. You know?
1: Good. Anything else you want to close with? Oh, no, thanks for. Thank you. Uh, Good. Us. All right. Thanks you guys. That's great.
0: Thanks again for listening. While Pat's health challenges from the lung transplant are far from over, Pat is doing well and the Alexanders continue to offer encouragement to others while fully trusting God along the way. If you have any questions or feedback from our FPC Conversations podcast, feel free to send us an email to conversations at fpcfresno.org. May this podcast deepen your faith, deepen our love for one another, and ultimately, Help us become more like Jesus. Until next time.